0: Pastor Xavier Reese, and those that God chooses.
1: So God takes men who are ambitious and makes them ambitious for the kingdom of God. God takes men like James who are strong, aggressive, and zealous, and enables them to be empowered by the Spirit of God for the kingdom of God and His glory. A Roman coin was minted that had an ox, face, an altar, and a plow. And under it was written, ready for either. This was James, an altar or a plow. He was sold out.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's been said, if you attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. And as Pastor Xavier continues our Simple Truths character study of the Apostle James, we'll see how the vigor of this Son of Thunder was redirected in no uncertain terms for service to the Kingdom of God. Let's listen.
1: The call of God upon a person's life, I do not believe can be missed by the person. I'm often asked. I don't know if I'm called. Well, then you probably aren't. Listen, God's been calling men for thousands of years. And you know what? He's always gotten through. They've always known that he's called them. So I do not believe you can miss the call of God. And I'm not talking or limiting the call just to full-time ministry. I'm talking about when He calls you to do something as part of His church. But I do believe that you can choose not to answer the call. That I do believe. But you will choose to not answer the call knowing that you've been called. That's very important because He's the creator. And when God speaks, he pulls your ear and makes sure you hear. But he won't force you to obey, to respond. That is a personal choice. We know that God has the best for us, but sometimes we think that he doesn't know what he's doing. And those are the dangerous times. Those are the crises. Remember that the Chinese character for crises is made up of two words danger and opportunity. Danger, if I choose my own will. Opportunity, if I choose God's. It's just that simple. The inner circle too often is thought of as elite or more spiritual from man's perspective. But like all of the things that are simply viewed from man's perspective or vantage point, they usually are backwards. We say that the sun rises, but in fact, the earth is turning. We say the tide is rising and going out, but in fact, it's the gravitational pull of the moon. We say God spent more time with these four because they were more holy and spiritual, when in fact, they probably had a greater need to be taught and overseen. How many good teachers do you know spend time with students that are smart and need no help? Jesus is the greatest of teachers. If he spent time with these four, they needed it. They not only needed the teaching, they needed the supervision. They were the remedial students, as Gail Irwin calls them. (laughs) They had to have constant attention. The call of James was in the course of his daily profession, don't miss that. And so will it be with each of us. So often we are waiting for a lightning, a voice. John, I'm calling you. He called them in his daily task. I remember when I was first saved, I was working at Johnson Pump way back in the um, early 70s. And um, we were all just new Christians. And I'd be in there working, get in there early in the morning, 6 o'clock. And, uh, and, and as I was working, I mean, God would speak to my heart. And I would get a little piece of paper, and I would write down the notes and everything else, and I put it in my wallet. And I ran across some of those things just about a month ago. I still have some put away. And how He was preparing all of us. We were so excited about the Lord, and, and how He was building the church, and we had our kung fu studios, and then we closed them up, and how God just started. And, but how, how God just spoke to us right where we were working, right where we were doing, preparing for everything else. So I was say, well, God, call me out of here. God will start speaking to you and preparing you there. I remember that I, um, I got bumped from my job. And the only opening there was available was grinders. It was filing down impellers and propellers. And all you do is you grab some impellers and you put them here on your vice and crank them and you got to put them down to an eighth or sixteenth and you just have the little and, drill, and, and you're just sitting, you're just standing for eight to ten hours doing that. And the Lord said, listen, get your lunch pail and put a tape player in there. I want you to go through the word of God. I put a tape player in there and I hooked earphones to it, and I was in that job the length that it took me to go through the Old and the New Testament hearing 8 to 10 hours a night. My ears hurt. I had cheap earphones (laughs) then. But when I was done, they didn't need me there anymore. And God is saying, I'm going to train you for what I'm preparing you to do. I had no idea. fishermen. where are you working? What are you doing? Are you making the most? Are you being prepared? Are you training where you're at? Jesus will use the place and level of understanding that you're familiar with. I will make you fishers of men, said to his disciples in Matthew four nineteen, He might say to a builder contractor, I will make you a builder of the kingdom. He talks on your level, right where you're at. Jesus picks the time to call you as he did James, and he knows the time to call you from your livelihood. His time, even as he called Paul in Acts 9 at that time. If God's in it, he's going to take care of it. I did not go into the ministry until God opened the door and I was asked. To show you how big our faith was when we began. We were running the Fox Theater at the time and we were looking at the, a at, at the little building down in Irwindale that um, the most we could probably sit was probably about 120 people. That's what we were looking at. But God had so much more. We didn't have any great visions of, oh, we're going to be pastors, we're going to get paid for this and we'll going and all the. We, we were just excited that God saved us. And, but God had so much more. Sometimes Jesus has a tent ministry for people, and that's okay. I tent ministry for a while. That means you work and you serve. Paul seemed to have ministered like that the majority of the time. You find it in Philippians and Thessalonians. You find the book of Acts. In Corinth, he worked along with Priscilla and Aquila, tent makers. And so we need to be open. Don't try to be like somebody else. Don't try to imitate someone. You just wait on the call. You let God direct and guide you. You will to take care of it. When you do ministry in pace with God, it's enjoyable. You're not striving. You're not trying to compete. You're not trying to attract. You're not trying to be someone else. You're just following the lead of God, and God is doing the work. And really, I don't want to do ministry any other way. I've enjoyed the past... 26 years, and I want to continue if the Lord should bless us another 26 years the very, very same way. Because this way he gets the glory. This way he asks, and this way he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. (laughs) And sometimes God's additions come through blessed subtractions. That's okay. It's up to him. Sometimes God will direct us to obey something that is too much trouble or incredible. So we only partially obey. Do You remember what we read in Luke 5, 4? He says, let down your nets, plural. Never miss that. Let your let nets down, plural, for the catch. But you see. They had just finished washing their nets, Luke 5.2 tells us. So what's in your mind? Oh, man, we've been fishing, not caught nothing. We just washed the stinking nets. I'm not going to put them all in there. All right, I'll take one. I'm not going to put them all in. He put down one, singular. He said nets, plural. They put down one in Luke 5.5. Can you imagine... What would have happened if they would have put the nets down? Ephesians three twenty says unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Sometimes we have little because we don't believe God can do what He's told us to do, so we just obey partially. So we get a partial blessing, not a full blessing. And then at other times, God blesses me even if I don't obey. So be careful of patterns. <laughs> that you think that God only blesses you when you're good or you are bad. Because if He only bless when we're good, we shouldn't get anything. But we don't want to miss these important principles when they're recorded for us purposely. This was the call of James. Pretty impressive call. Vivid. Lastly, let's look at the Apostle James. James was a strong, aggressive, and zealous individual. Jesus gave James and John the name Barjona, sons of thunder. I like these guys. <laughs> it's only recorded one time. Mark three seventeen. These guys were bad dudes. You might not have ever thought of them like that, but Jesus gave them this name. Now, You don't give the title Sons of Thunder to people who are very quiet, very mild, and very mannerly. (laughs) You ever see the Flintstones, Bam Bam? (laughs) Mark alone records this title. I don't think that our Lord gave them this name because they were mellow, peace loving children. He gave them that name due to their hot-tempered zeal, ready to act and get things done with very few words. I think when people saw the brothers coming, they got out of their way. I don't think many of the Galileans attempted to cheat them at their fish business. Jesus one day was rejected by the Samaritans, to prove my point. Due to the fact that he was... Headed towards Jerusalem in Luke nine fifty one through fifty six, and it tells us now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face and as they went they entered a the village of the Samaritans to prepare for him but they did not receive him because his face was set towards the journey towards Jerusalem, verse fifty one to fifty three. Now, notice the response of the disciples in. Verse 54, and when his disciples, James and John, no others are mentioned, they saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire, come down from heaven and consume them just like Elijah did? I like these guys. My flesh does. But I can identify with them. But Jesus turned in verse 55 and 6. And rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Mild rebuke. Strong rebuke even. Can you imagine this is the material that Jesus had to work with? (laughs) It's like trying to teach piano to a guy who, who has an inch wide finger on each hand. All of them. They're just you know, like hammerheads. <laughs> and you look at his hands, you go, oh no. James and his brother John thought they were Elijah's spirit ready to barbecue these guys, these Samaritans who dared to insult and dishonor their Lord. Now, the attitude is commendable in terms of that they dishonored the Lord, but they were supposed to be like their master. They were naturally... Yielding to their carnal flesh and attempting to pass it off as spiritual zeal. We have to be careful. Now, in Mark ten thirty-five through 45, you're familiar with the passage. James was very ambitious individual also. This is the second thing we want to know as an apostle. He was very ambitious. You're familiar with the passage. James was one of the inner circle and, and had been given special privileges that caused him and his brother to think that they had the inside track with Jesus. And, and they said in verse 35, We want you to do whatever we ask. Can you imagine that? <laughs> whatever we ask. In verse 37, the petition to be granted to sit on the right hand or the left hand in his glory. Matthew tells us that their mommy came and petitioned for them also in Matthew 20, 20 through 28. So they were a pair of mama's boys also. James was one of the three who saw Jairus' daughter raised from the dead. Remember? Peter, James, John. He was one of the three. James was one of the three also who saw Jesus in his glorified body transfigured in the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, 1 through 8. Later, he would be one of the four that would sit at the Mount of Olives to ask Jesus about the sign of his coming and the end of the age. He said, Listen, we're special. So we can ask anything of Jesus and he will give it to us. They were wrong. James was wrong. Jesus said no. Jesus, knowing they were asking for their own benefit, he asked them in verse 38 and 39 if they knew what they were asking and able to drink of the cup that he was going to drink and be baptized with the baptism he was going to be baptized with. Listen, they said, We are able. <laughs> Ambitious. Confident. I mean, no if or but about it. When people saw James and John, people got out of the way. Cocky. Sons of thunder. Notice verse 39. Then Jesus prophesied about how James and his brother would partake of the sufferings of Christ, drinking the cup and the baptism. And James and John though Jesus was thought Jesus was going to Jerusalem they thought that they would get their bid in because they thought he was going to destroy Rome as you know and they wanted to reign one on the right one on the left in his glory they wanted power and they wanted prestige now when the ten heard it in verse 41 they began to be greatly displeased or indignant angry they were ticked off with James and John why you might ask simple The ten had the same thing in mind, but the two beat the ten to it. All twelve were not servants. They wanted to be served. They wanted power. These are the men that Jesus took a chance on. The ten could not believe the presumptuousness, the self-centeredness, the arrogant ambition of the two. Yet they were only living up to their names. James was a very ambitious person who wanted to be great, and he had the strong, aggressive personality to go for things. He is a go getter He would do good in today's world. This personality can intimidate people at times. This type of personality can just run over people without considering the damage and the consequences that come too a dangerous personality. One more thing, and that's thirdly here. James, being a very strong, aggressive, and zealous, and ambitious individual, became the target of persecution. We get this in Acts chapter 12. You're familiar with it. In verse 1 and 4, it says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched out his hand and harassed some uh, from the church, in verse 2, then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. This again would be another evident fact that James was the hotter temper of the two. It seems that Herod was not too worried about Peter, but James was the target of his pursuit. He made no bones about who he was and what he wanted to accomplish. When you're like that, you call attention, you're a squeaky wheel. He became the second martyr of the church and the first apostle, being uncompromising, zealous, a man who could not be stopped except by death. James finally got his petition answered and shared in Jesus' glory, but not the way he thought, sitting on the throne in Jerusalem, but through persecution and death. The cup and the baptism prophesied of the Lord. John would live to be an older man after attempting to be boiled in oil and cast into the island of Patmos, the only apostle that lived and died of old age. And as he was casting the Patmos, he received the revelation that we have. Jesus again prophesied perfectly. Though both brothers were always together, and James never appears apart from his brother in the gospel, James seems to have been the strength of the two. The leader. And because he saw that, it pleased the Jews, verse 3 says. He proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. The rest of the story, you know, as you go on from verse 4. Peter was tied to some Romans there, the soldiers. He was asleep like a baby. Why? Because Jesus had prophesied about the death of Peter that it wasn't going to be till he was old. So he could sleep like a baby. It didn't matter how many soldiers were around him. See? Peter was, was learning already. A Roman coin was minted that had an ox, face, an altar, and a plow. And under it was written, ready for either. This was James. An altar or a plow. He was sold out. God takes men like James who are strong, aggressive, and zealous individuals and enables them to be empowered by the Spirit of God for the kingdom of God and his glory. The treasure in the earthen vessel, the power and glory may be of God, not of themselves. 2 Corinthians 4 7. Zeal without wisdom and patience can cost a person much, though. We have to have a caution. James-type people have to learn to be sensible and quiet at times. The opposite is just as bad, being milquetoast and compromising and not saying nothing. I'd rather have the guy who's stern. But I want him mellowed out. But the strong, aggressive, and zealous person is not tolerated, accepted in society. There's no room for him. So God takes men who are ambitious and makes them ambitious for the kingdom of God by their love for God and their love for sinners. John 3:16. That's their model. Ambition for self and zeal is both blinding and destructive. We have to be careful. James seems to have been a very stable individual, counting the cost. He knew who he was. He knew what God had called him to do. And he finished well so James being a strong person aggressive and zealous as well as ambitious became the target of persecution as in the past as in the present as well in the future many James will fall by the sword because they know what they've been called to do this was James the Apostle
0: Well, we've reached the end of our time together today, just as Pastor Xavier Reese concludes our Simple Truths character study of the zealous Apostle James. But just before we close, let me take a moment to mention that copies of today's character study, simply titled James, are available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is simply James, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107 Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485 Again, that's 800-926-1485 Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107